when I first learned about D&D, probably the second or third thing that I learned about was that it takes people multiple years to play it. And I remember that was so strange to me because I'd never experienced, I mean, I'm, I was only like 20 at the time. I've never done anything for 10 years at that point except exist and like eat food. Uh, but when I heard there's people who've been playing for like 30 years with the same group of people in the same campaign world, it was really shocking to me. So um, I think that looking back on 2019 for D&D, D&D has been a, a really nice constant for me in a year that was not, it was reliably unreliable. Let's put it that way. Hmm. What do you think, Jake? Huh. Interesting. I, I would say mine too, but in a in a better light. Like like my year's been pretty great, pretty static. Um and yeah, D and D was just we got to explore some really cool things and there's that moment where you're like, Oh, these are my best friends and it's like you never actively the only thing we did was live in the same town and play D and D every week. And now, like, I've been in their weddings. Mm-hmm. What? It's just like, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting. Because, like, yeah, it just, it, it's been such an amazing thing. Yeah. And I think that's why we, we've echoed this time and time again how important it is just to have consistency. Mm-hmm. And when there's, you know, kind of maelstrom of, you know, whether it's the political landscape, whether it's your personal issues, whether it's family stuff, uh, whether it's work stuff, there, there is this, like, <sighs> but Tuesday night's coming up. And that's hmm. it's D and D night, you know, and that's that's that constant can really be a uh, a life raft in like the sea of uncertainty that life often is. Yeah, I think that uh, I just you really nailed that the sea of uncertainty. I think that having something to look forward to uh, in a year with not that many things to look forward to, like, and that sounds really pessimistic and awful, but I mean, I've just had like a really busy year, and it's not been bad; it's yeah. been busy. And so I've really had to fight to make the time. Uh, and more interestingly, I think uh, I've, I've run, gosh, two or three campaigns this year of varying lengths, um, always with many different types of people because their yeah. their work schedule changed so quickly that kind of we were, we we're basing the game schedule around the availability of this group of people, which changed relatively rapidly, like in just a couple months. And I think that was really cool too because it's like um, – I would describe it as that high school classroom or the college classroom feel where like some classes you just don't care about at all. You're like, I don't care about any of the people. I hope I never see them again. And some of them you're like, actually, this is a pretty cool group of people and I'm never going to see them again in this configuration. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so there's yeah. this almost like summertime um, blues feeling of like, well, you know, it's really fun when it lasted that we got to have this kind of time together, but now it's over. Wow. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> Me and my players are planning work around D and D now. <laughs> How little work can I do so I can maximize the energy? That's the question. Like, sorry, of boss. That's, uh, oh. That's game night, boss. You ain't touching that. Welcome to Vox Arcana. I'm William. I'm Jake. I'm David. And this is a podcast about tabletop RPGs, game design, and advice for all game masters. This is episode 57, The Year in Review. The Year in Review. So Ooh. I think we've all played our fair share of Dungeons & Dragons, Call of Cthulhu, individual various role-playing games of all types. Um, we've played a lot. Shapes. So what, what have we learned about... Role-playing games, D&D, game mastering. What's a big lesson that you took away oh, big from lesson. this year? Okay, so what I learned about D&D this year is, as many of our listeners know, I've been kind of tweaking and house-ruling 5e one way or another to kind of get what I wanted. And 2019 is the year that I finally got exactly what I wanted. Um, and, and it turns out what I wanted was uh, just a very stripped-back version of 5e, more like original Dungeons & Dragons. So, yeah. um it's just really interesting because I see this online, this kind of behavior. Um, I've heard it referred to as gamer ADHD, where uh, GMs kind of bounce around different systems because they're like this, um, uh, what do you say, like magpie personality of like, oh, it's a yeah. shiny new thing. I want to go get that. Looking um, and for I, the holy grail, the right. perfect system. And I, and I think, I guys, I think I found it. For me, 
That's the thing. It's not probably. It's, yeah. It's just for me. Um, and that system is. It's going to be basic uh, slash expert D and D by a uh, game company called Necrotic Gnome. Mm. It is just a re. It's not. It's just a recreation or a retelling of the uh, the basic and expert box sets that came out back in the eighties. It's a reskin. No, so it's the exact same. All he did was he just cleaned up the text to make it more legible, organized them. Um, he's, as far as I can tell, a master of layout. He, like, Ooh, I'm a graphic designer. Uh, I've done some books. This guy makes me look like uh, an infant with a paintbrush. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's that's the... Uh, I think he has a product now called Old School Essentials, which is like the best and newest version of all that. You can get that for not a lot of money. Um, and the rules are available for free online with no... Um, with no images but that's just that's my holy grail and the most interesting interesting. thing that's come out of it for me is i spent a lot of time thinking about the rules of 5e because there are so many of them Mm -hmm. and they're always adding new stuff like we have unearthed arcana we have new uh adventure books Um, it's all homebrew stuff right like there's always cool new stuff you can add to 5e which is great but when when i finally found it i stopped looking and i had all this time and brain space suddenly available because I didn't have to keep looking anymore. Huh. Very okay. So, question: You play with a lot of different people, um, mm-hmm. meaning, of course, you're obviously teaching the game, uh, introducing new players to to role playing games and stuff. Um, but do you ever encounter players um, <coughs> like mine who just are <clears throat> enthralled with Five E and really are cautious to 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 ever do anything outside of a one shot? Uh, any anything outside of 5e like do you um, encounter players who are like no 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 I'm used to this I've kind of made my class in 5e I really you know envision my character being this you know blood hunter multi-class like I can't wait to play it like I don't want to play this old school stuff have you encountered any of that uh yes and those players are less likely to get invited and not in like a mean way but like I want to play with players who are excited to play what I want to play yeah. instead of just uh, constantly yeah. letting people down um I have played with some people who are like, man, I really love that 5e game. Like I have this spore druid that's just waiting to go. <laughs> um, but, but then um, honestly, I just play with so many different types of people that they, they'll believe whatever I put in front of them is D and D because I, I'm not about to take the time to explain to a total newbie, the difference between 5e and 4e and 3e and so on. Because it just doesn't matter. Yeah. My wife was relevant. shocked when I told her there's been five versions of D&D. But in truth, there's been like 26. Yeah. <laughs> 2,600. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. So the, the lesson I've learned is kind of uh, how to stop worrying and love the bomb, love 5e. Hmm. Um, like I, I've really accepted my players are just we have a group chat that is just constantly going at it with new possibilities, uh, spells, um, different types of combinations, how they're going to defeat enemies using the 5e system um, to the point where I'm like, all right, let, I mean, let's commit to this. Like this year was that um, where I said, I want to do a level one through 20 game. Like just Dungeons and Dragons 5e starting at level one, going all the way to level 20. Um, and I, we completed that this year. Technically they're 19. Um, but I think in a week or two, they're going to go up to level 20 and and fight the, you know, some, some elder God on some moon in outer space. Um, but yeah, I've really, this year has been about the escalation. It felt almost like a, a roller coaster. Um, Hmm. like, like, I don't know like, it's like you go up a little bit and then you, you go down and then you go up a little bit higher and it catches you and go and you're like oh this is a little higher and then you go down and it's been that for each level past you know because i've done campaigns up to uh 12 and one to i think 15 um but once it's up there it's like okay this is a little can we pump that this is a little crazy let's guys let's <laughs> you know maybe at level five again <laughs> but like at each time the thrill was was even more thrilling um hmm. and i really learned to just to to not be afraid of higher level play um, and I think I learned some good tricks um, to help people uh, not be so terrified of playing at higher levels. I'm sure we'll do an episode about yeah. that next year sometime. Um, but yeah, I mean, my players uh, went through Dragon Heist. Um, they were tricked by Jarlaxle. 
um, who then became the open lord of Waterdeep, and then they went through the entirety of the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which I heavily edited, but used the best parts and just really mined it and, and made something of my own. And then they got to the final level. They they faced off with uh, the Mad Mage, uh, Halister Blackcloak, um, who then I found this cool thing on uh, some D&D subreddit of Mecha Halister, which makes the final fight harder <laughs> because, you know, he's still like a fragile wizard, a very powerful one that can cast Wish. But still a wizard nonetheless. So he got in this big mech suit and then he blasted up through some missile silo on the bottom floor all the way back up. And the fight concluded with them flying. They're on, you know, spectral griffins, you know, with their pet dragon, um, who is his son now, um, you know, fighting the mad mage in this mech suit. Um, I mean, it was incredible. Like I was, I was just enthralled it, it was it was amazing i think they did several thousand points of damage um and uh he he ended up casting a meteor swarm on the city um and so oh it was just it was incredible i got to see what like the height of 5e everything i was afraid of actually was quite thrilling um so yeah i guess for me 2019 was about kind of committing to the system of 5e um and and learning how to adapt to players who really really love that stuff you know we're running like a small economy for them each session Hmm. uh and and like that's not necessarily my cup of tea but like the simulation with all of them i mean they're like they have their own organizations and entire factions and own portions of the city and their own forges and foundries and oh my trading guilds and uh yeah marriages and like all this stuff um and it's yeah, it's 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 incredible. I, I've learned to to really appreciate um, committing to something that long because it hits really hard after that that amount of time. Hmm, that's cool. Because I was I was kind of wondering about that. Because at level twenty, um, your characters or your players, or I guess at nineteen in your case, um, are more powerful than anybody in the world, except yeah. for whoever your villains are or like cosmic so, beings. Yes, yes. So that is something. Um, the only way I, I could intimidate them was to bring them to heaven. And that was really fun. Um, <laughs> you know, having to, all these gods that they've heard evoked in curses and in blessings before they get to meet them face to face, you know, a massive platinum dragon and like the goddess of light. And like, that was super cool. And that was the only real way to scare them because then we went back to the city and they started running every, their businesses again and kind of, you know, settling in, um, you know, having families and stuff. And I was like, oh, Oh, I can't threaten them. Hmm. Like I, I would have to like nuke the city from orbit in <laughs> order to like give them a, a fight. <laughs> and so um, that that was interesting to me. Like I could the challenging thing for high level play for me, which surprised me, is I thought it would be really hard to challenge them in fights. Hmm. But no, you can always ramp up the numbers. I've, the thing is hard now is challenging them in social encounters when you're that high. Oh, true. You know, it's like it's like Superman in a social encounter kind of always at the back of his mind. You know, he's never going to do it, but he could just laser beam anyone in front of him. He could rip anyone's throat out. You know, like if you have that much power yeah. and are willing to use it, especially against bad people, mm-hmm. um, it's very hard to threaten them. Um, and it, it, and I realized how much of my social encounters rely on turning the tables, revealing a twist, um, kind of holding a family over a cliff, you know, but villains can't do that to level 19 players. (laughs) And so I found that surprisingly combat was not as difficult. It was the social aspects that it's, it becomes impossible to socially challenge characters that were that powerful. That's, so that was a big lesson that I, I kind of, it flipped on me. I didn't expect that. And so what's your solution for social encounters now? Really, uh, there, there are certain things you can threaten. You know, like um, going back to the Superman example, there's always a Lois Lane to capture. There's always <laughs> um, something to, um, yeah, you got you got to be more creative and kind of uh, think outside the box. You know, it, it really is almost Lex Luthor having to deal with Superman. Well, um, I feel like it's, you a, could, it's a different problem. You could almost heavily pull from like Watchmen. And deal with more like Ozymandias versus like Dr. Manhattan and like their yes. like morality. And like however the players are 
acting like you have some sort of like moral foil on a more grand yes. scale. And it's like I, I have definitely done yeah. that. Yeah. But, but it, no, it, it takes a lot of creativity to get. That oh, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a lot easier to just be like, oh, yeah, your family just is. Just give uh, them a moral dilemma. Kidnapped. Just give yeah. Superman a moral dilemma. It's like it, it, it's easier said than done. Yeah. They pay comic book writers quite a bit of money to and, find uh, those. Not documents. even all of them have been doing it very well. Not even all of them have succeeded. So, yeah, um, yeah that, that was really interesting to me to see the challenges of uh, dealing with high-level players. But combat was the least of my worries and has been some of the most fun. David? I think that the big thing for me in 2019 is that I learned more about what I want in D&D. And because a lot of, a lot of the past years have just been playing with it and experiencing it as it is. And now it's more of like... You know, that, that personal journey of what do you want out of it? Mm-hmm. And where Will wants more BX, I think I've learned that I want more of a, uh, I forget the name of the system, Dungeon World. Oh, I want more of a, a Dungeon World type system. And I don't really like 5e. That's one thing that I've learned. Well, that, well, oh well. That I don't well, really like 5e. I'm not in love with it. What do we have here? <laughs> okay, well, well, yeah, I got some follow-up questions when you're done. Because, uh, like, I'll play 5e, but I... Just personally, I don't get as much out of it when the system is in 5th edition. Mm. And I get a lot more out of it, even in some of Will's simpler games that I've played in, where it's just very simple BX or yeah. um, uh, what was the other? Black uh, We played Black the Hack. Black Hack too. Yeah. All that. Like I've, I've gotten more out of the, some of those games than I have in 5th edition. So mm. I think that the system isn't everything and that it's more about how you play yeah. and you know what you can get from the system. So, yeah. in 2020, I'm looking to be playing more other systems. Wow. Okay. So, we always have the uh, the this dichotomy on this podcast. So, it sounds like Jake has g- leaned into 5e. Yes. He is now the, the 5e spokesperson. I have yes, I refined what I wanted from 5e, but stepped away somewhat. And yes. David has completely moved away. I'm not... It's not that I... Like, if someone says, hey, play my 5th edition game, and I think it's gonna be fun people in it i'll probably play mm-hmm. but i wouldn't go out of my way to play in a fifth edition game or to run one or to run one i probably wouldn't run a fifth edition game hmm. uh. so what is it about 5e that you don't like okay this sounds bad but it's like the progression system Power so level? so it's like it's all about the for me fifth edition is all about the fantasy of getting to the next level mm. and like being more powerful and I think that takes away from the game and what you can get out of D&D when you look at it from that perspective. Dang. I, so, had, I had a recent discussion about this with uh, on one of our Patreon shows mm-hmm. um, with one of my players about how uh, progression... It, it, the question was, is progression necessary to the enjoyment of Dungeons & Dragons? And he was arguing that it was, and I was basically just trying to figure out if it was. Yeah. Um, oh, very interesting. Yes, and I, oh. I think I agree with David. Where Five E is heavily based on progression because you always want that next like dopamine yeah. hit of like the awesome stuff you get because there's so much cool stuff in Five E. Because for, it's for all players. about you know fantasizing. Oh, at twentieth level, I'm going to be this powerful. Yeah, or this and magic item. And, and stuff. for me, it's like when I when I look at the game and when I look at it that way, it starts to take away from the other things that D and D has to offer in terms of like character and role playing and all the, those aspects start to like get chipped away and when you when you solely focus on like a progression based system which is so much of f- fifth edition is looking at like what your character can do, what your character can do and will do later on and you know how it interacts with See, other things a hundred percent agree and that's why i think 5e lends itself to a consistent weekly game yeah because i can attest as someone who's gone from one to twenty like yeah, because when they get up there, it's amazing. Like, oh yeah, imagine planning your your um. One of my players is a uh, hexblade rogue or hexblade warlock uh, mastermind rogue multiclass. Very interesting. Has been hmm. planning it for a long time, and so seeing it play out and pay off, incredible. Like seeing hmm. him pull out his steampunk sniper rifle from a pocket dimension and shoot someone in the face is insanely cool because like this dude's been planning that for so long. And so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, David, I think you'd like 5e if you were playing D&D like all the time. Yeah, if, if I was playing, seeing oh, the 100%. The, the actual progression. I'm not saying 5e is a bad system. 
Oh yeah, I'm just saying for like me and my life and where I'm at and where I yeah. want to be with and how D&D, often you can play. I don't want to have to worry about progressing. And and D and D is in fifth edition is so much about the progression that if you can't commit to a longer game, it's like the progression doesn't. It's not really very worth it. Like I want to play a game where I could be at you know my power fantasy like in the game at mm. that moment or you know just <laughs> yeah yeah like living it live it like because i want to take it more of like on a week-to-week basis rather than like yeah i'm going to commit like my whole year to playing D every tuesday night so two 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 thoughts one um i which which one should go first uh <laughs> doesn't matter i can edit them in any order um so thought one uh that's why i think super random is really fun because there is no sense of progression you're always have the yeah. superpower you're always very yeah. mm-hmm. very cool um plug for that for patreon uh get access to that um the other thing is i feel like my answer to you guys in almost everything is hey uh you, you should, should play, play D more <laughs> no not even 5e it's just say you guys should play like D more often <laughs> yeah i agree with that because i feel like it weirdly does solve problems because you almost no matter your problem if you continue to play and like really communicate with your players what you want your game will turn into the perfect game you just have to keep like doing the it's not working and working on it yeah yeah putting the time Mm -hmm. i think that's profound um because i think like i totally agree with you jake where the game problems kind of work itself out as you keep playing And, and i I surmise, I theorize, I can't attest to this because I've not played a uh, 5e campaign for what, however many years you've been running your ongoing world. Yeah. Um, but so I had a comment for David about, uh, we've had a conversation in the past about, you said that 5e provides all these really cool player options and mm-hmm. you felt like you were required to min-max and optimize a character to have the gameplay results you wanted, but always at the cost of uh sacrificing the role playing opportunities that you wanted. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I'm yeah, very so, curious about that. So, I think that a lot of playing simpler systems has taught me to be a much better player because there's not as much to work with. Because normally when I go into 5th edition, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, you know, plan out every single like spell I'm going to take. And I'm like, you know, I'm focusing so much of my time and energy on, you know, what my character can do in terms of the rules that I don't think about what my character can do in terms of role play. Mm -hmm. And when you go to a simpler system, it's like, well, I can attack with my sword and that's about it. Oh my God. So I got to start, you know, doing (laughs) things. How do you make it interesting? I got to make it interesting. And like that has. Okay, that's another thing that I would say this year is I've gotten to be a much better player in terms of role play, hmm. where I'm thinking more in terms of what would my character do. That's and I think that's because Will has I've played in a lot of Will's games and he stepped yeah. away from fifth edition, which really pushes me to be more creative in what I'm doing in the game. Well, I can attest that I think David's best role playing has come from either one shots or super random. Actually, yeah. Like, like most of the time, his five E characters are kicking ass on the battlefield, but like oh yeah, and they're the they're the most boring, dry characters. <laughs> pretty, yeah. Because they they all they're they're all essentially Mando from the Mandalorian, where they're just like silent. Aww. They just like they don't even have a quip, face. Quip yeah, they just they just while. they they quip and they just like they kick ass. And yeah. actually, um, I remember at least the last one, if not two or three characters you played in my five E games, literally did not have a name. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> or they're all. I think. I think they did. They were just called, all like, about the same name. Just like it was like fiery one and Striker, fiery two. Lance, Strike. Ugh, Bob. <laughs> so I don't. I know the last one you played did not have a name in five E. Because what I remember in Black Hack, your guy had a name, which was Pip. Pip. Yeah. That's right. And his backstory was one. Uh, I think it was five words long because it was rolled off a table from the game. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on this? Uh, this growth uh, of things we learned in 2019. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I've become a better dungeon master in, in, in so many different ways that are hard to quantify. Um, you can hear people, um, y- you know, people that start to get good at something. Um, not that I'm tooting my own horn, but uh, toot. Um, like, <laughs> I think I it's like, okay <laughs> at this point, Jake. You're really like, good. Like, once you yeah, you've played enough. It's just like expanding your tool belt. And I feel like each session 
adds another wrench or the right screwdriver, you know, um, I'm showing how I don't know how freaking tools work. (laughs) (laughs) The right uh, axle saw uh, (laughs) into your tool belt. um, And it just like slowly expands tool by tool until you have a perfect tool for any situation and you have the perfect random table or you have the perfect magic item or you have the perfect trap. Um, and all of that kind of just swirls around and it just feels really good that like really nothing is ever wasted. And, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if it works, if it works, it goes to the top shelf of your tool belt. (laughs) Okay. I need to explain what a tool belt is. (laughs) The top loop of your belt. so, but, but like, um, yeah, excuse my poor uh, workman's, crafts person's uh, metaphor. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you should just give up while you're ahead. No, um, but, but I really think um, it, it just feels good that everything, nothing is wasted. Everything you do, good or bad, goes into um, the back of your brain and can be pulled back. Um, and yeah, every session is a lesson learned and awesome things to reincorporate later. Um, and it's just, it's just been really cool to see that growth because me thinking about now playing, you know, high level play, which isn't necessarily my cup of tea. Like I would never say, guys, let's do like a campaign from like 17 to 19. I would never, ever want that, but I'm learning what my players love and seeing the joy on their faces and comparing me as a dungeon master now to when I had my first campaign here, when I moved to Kentucky, Mm -hmm. where it was like, listen up folks, welcome to the railroad <laughs> like like I'm you. I will be your guide. I will be your conductor. Um, strap in. Um, and th- they still had fun. But like seeing that kid, you know, to me, dungeon mastering now, I'm just like really like nice. Like this is this feels like character development. This feels like I'm becoming a much better open, um, empathetic dungeon master to what the table needs. I have two thoughts on that, Jake. If I may observe. Oh yeah. Um, the first is that when we first started playing D anD D, when when we were at that summer camp, and you looked at me and said, "I challenge you to make a post apocalyptic <laughs> sci fi game with magic, uh, with magic." Yeah. Um, and I just conveniently already had that in my back pocket. <laughs> um, yeah. I look at the person you were then when you started running games because it was it started with super random and then kind of expanded as you like had your own like college experiences in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and and it yeah. seems to me that you started off with just this really amazing trick like like the biggest um the biggest trick in your book or maybe the only trick in your book was like just incredible storytelling, dramatic uh, role playing, like it's just really fun. Um but I remember Right. But then your mechanical side, I remember you were complaining. You're like, hey, I hate combat. Let's just like fast forward through this. I'll narrate through this. Um, compared <laughs> to now, this? true. Because I remember you, um, I don't know if we were talking on the phone or if you were back in town, uh, but you said like, hey, like I'm actually following the rules of 5e and it's it's working. <laughs> <laughs> like there's this whole part of the game that I've been ignoring that I've started using and it's amazing. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And so uh, with you going all the way to 20 now, I'm just seeing this... Uh, I don't know. I never thought I would see you here, yeah. honestly. I didn't and, either. And to be liking it. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. It's, it's a really pretty fun. surprising twist because when we first started this podcast, you can even tell that I'm pretty sure Jake wasn't using any of the rules. Or yeah, some. Yeah, I don't even know if he had read the rule book by that oh point. Oh my god! But <laughs> and yeah, actually, if we're looking back at like the history of this podcast, David was the king of five E rules. Yeah. I was somewhere yeah. in the middle, and Jake was like the role play story I hippie was, guy. I was let's let's play fiasco uh, <laughs> with a with D and D paint. <laughs> yes, and now that's where I'm at. Oh, what? The which heck? is which is which is so funny because that's that's character development. It's so, like, yeah, our me, arcs. That's that's our me arc. Me and David, me and David are holding hands. Uh, in constant tension, orbiting around. As we as we <laughs> as we spin around, it's just the inception. Just like it's rotating around, trying to dock in, and that's oh, just me and Jake. Am I, dude? Am I the ship? Nicholas, <laughs> the ship. He's the constant. <laughs> the constant. True. Oh man, what what if next year, twenty twenty year in review, I'm like, I hate numbers now, and David's like, <laughs> I made a crunchier system, and I can't wait for six E. I'm playing Pathfinder three. I oh. wrote it. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's very cool to see how we've changed so much. That's cool. So, speaking of things that have changed, uh, 
about D and D for me. Um, and this this kind of goes into a bigger concept that um, is just my real life in general. But I'm going to narrow it down to five E because this is our our podcast about mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's just being really honest with myself about what I like and dislike. Like I've spent a lot of my life thinking I liked things that I didn't like. <laughs> and this is maybe the first year where I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to do this. I'm not having fun <laughs> with this. I don't like this show. I don't like this person. Like, why am oh, I doing things yeah. I don't love? And there's that, no gun to my head. Yeah, you right? Um, this is where Will says, I don't like this podcast. I just leave. This is announcing 57 <laughs> like, is the last podcast. He pulls out like a, a crumpled letter. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> just like, dear Boxer. <laughs> dear John. John Arcana. Uh, All right. Anyway. Um, no, but just being honest with myself. So the as this applies to 5e is that I'm, I was so excited to run 5e all week. Like in general. And then we'd play it. Assuming we got to play it, I would say consistently my average is about one and a half times a month. Uh, okay. If I average the whole yeah. year, um, and I so I go from excitement to like I'm having fun playing the game, and then the game would end, and I'm cleaning up. Everybody went home, and my wife would say, "Well, how was it?" And I would think about it and say, "It was all right. Like, I, I had an all right time uh. in almost every every circumstance." And so realizing, like, I want to be having as much fun before, during, and after as I did previously just kind of thinking about all the potential all week. Um, And this comes down to what changed the most about me, uh, aside from expectations, is prep. And that I was spending so much time prepping my game and so little time playing it that I don't see how I couldn't have been disappointed. Hmm. Living in this realm of, like... Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I'm spending, gosh, six hours a week or something, like just thinking about like every little oh thing. My God, and like yeah. how how could it ever live up to that level no. of personal hype and expectation? No. I can't. Um, and so, the, one of the reasons I've switched to BX is because if you're running a very basic dungeon crawl type of game, a mega dungeon game, um, I've talked about this. I, I think I've alluded to it many times in the last few shows and Patreon podcasts. Uh, that my game now doesn't need prep. Like it just doesn't. It runs itself. More yeah. or less, I do 10 minutes of prep at the table before players show up, and that's all I got to do, if I have to do that at all. So, um, yeah, those are the things that, that have changed for me, is being honest with myself and building a game that I don't have to prep anymore. That's so interesting. Oh, my gosh. I feel like me and Will's arcs are, like, so opposite. Like, my mine has been, at high-level play, it's been learning to prep and being like, oh, <laughs> I <laughs> I cannot improv like this uh, spectral behemoth. Like, <laughs> like it's so interesting. It's been, yeah, I, I've been from, you know, finger guns. Hey, man, let's just improv to, okay, I have to, to do some prep. And we'll so. just, we're doing it live, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's really, I think there is like a happy medium. And, and like I was saying with my very poorly crafted tool belt uh, metaphor, <laughs> um, but like, as you dungeon master more and more, you become more capable of doing things without prep because there's always um, something you can bring out. And so it's been me not relying on improv tricks or, you know, cleverly disguised deus ex machinas um, and actually being like, okay, let's see if they can, you know, uh, actually defeat this astral dreadnought. Like they triggered the trap. I mean, good luck. And it's it's been ve- trusting like the CR system and trusting that the players will use their exceptionally powerful magic items um, to do the right thing has been, yeah, me learning to prep. Yeah. Wow. We've just swapped so, places again. Yeah, it's like, it's like a... The, so the difference is I'm not improvising almost anything uh, because BX, is uh, dungeon crawling specifically, is so procedural um, it's just like follow these three steps and repeat it for the whole game. It's almost like playing a board game more than D and D, which is turns out exactly what I wanted. Very interesting. Wow. Huh. What about you, David? I guess I wanna. I also want to have like Will. I want to make sure that when I play D and D, I'm just having a, a great time mm-hmm. and not and that I'd rather not waste my time with something that's kind of half baked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just playing more meaningful D&D is something that has changed for me where 
I'm less interested in just trying to play and more about, well, I'd, I'd rather wait until I have, you know, a good game. Mm-hmm. Because I know otherwise I'm just going to be disappointed. We walk a similar path, Pilgrim. 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 So now that we've looked back at 2019, let's 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 do a quick 180 and look forward to 2020. Um, and what Seems are some things future. like not necessarily New Year's resolutions, but like like things you're going to work on, things you're excited for, um, what you're hoping to see more of in the okay. coming year? Ooh. Okay, let me jump right in here. Um, as I mentioned, finding the system for me has been so earth shattering. I used to lay in bed and like read p- rules PDFs for different games where I'm like, it's like <gasps> picking a lock of like, okay, I like this part, but I don't like that part. Mm-hmm. Throw that one out. Let's try this now. And and now I don't do that. Um, so as far as like looking forward and what I want more of is now I can focus on really refining and house ruling my own little version of D&D. Um, I talked about this. Uh, oh, it's on the Patreon. You got to listen to that episode, guys. Go go to the Patreon and listen to the episode. It's one of my favorites. And then, um, where I talk about... Which one is it? Uh, it's the one with Ben Hamilton. Um, in that episode, I explained that D&D is almost like this um, uh, protoplasmic uh, evolutionary ancestor where like you start with a base game and there's all these branches as players kind of develop their own game uh, with their own rules, interpretations, uh. and rulings and whatnot. And so 5e sits like pretty far up the branching structure of like here is the most developed, like very crisply designed game. But I went back down and kind of grew out on this other like old BX branch, but then I am looking forward to growing and accumulating my own set of house rules and, and evolving my own game. Oh man, that's awesome. And then obviously I want more uh, regular sessions of D and D, which yes. I have like toward the end of this year is actually when it's becoming much more frequent. Uh, this year I had a glimpse, just a glimpse of what it looks like to have hyper consistent weekly D and D. And oh. it was, it's so much better. It's almost like this, oh. um, it's orders of magnitude. Like it's a multiplicative yes. effect on the uh, uh, enjoyability of the game. And it only gets better. It just gets better. And and if you yeah. miss a week, even if you miss one week, you lose so much momentum and yes. enthusiasm from yourself and the players. So yeah, yeah. The m- most important thing you yeah. can do is play every week. David, David, do you resolutions. Want- what am I looking forward to? Well, what do you want more of or less of? I want to play more of the game that I want to play. That mysterious undefined yes. game. Okay. It's not. It's not that it's undefined. It's out I there, play. David. Keep I wanna... looking. It took me ten years, David. <laughs> It'll take me another decade. Come back to twenty thirty. Oh no, twenty thirty here and review to find out which system I actually David. picked. David comes back. He's like, I found it. It's Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> more um less 5e across the board Mm. so if i don't play a single game of 5e in 2020 i won't be sad dang that's so hard i'll make you sad letty make you sad so so i'm probably gonna be playing more like super random and stuff like that do you plan on running or you just want to play because if i may uh observe you don't seem you don't seem like a dungeon master these days i haven't dungeon mastered a game in probably six months mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm kind of okay with that that's like, what i'm saying i'm kind of okay being a player like even though i will run a game from time to time yeah i, I might i, I might look to run, run some more game games for for me and david over skype or me and will over skype soon yeah awesome just like a fun like great. that one where me and me and will were husband and wife so like just funny. some some silly oh in the pyramid oh yeah. that was a fun one yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to be looking to, I, I'm, I'm going to be looking to run some lighter games and find a game that I actually like running. I think that's the biggest thing is that whenever I've ran it, I've never really loved the system that I've ran, but I've enjoyed playing in it before. Mm-hmm. So it's just finding a system that I play enjoy Call of Cthulhu. I might. Actually, it's it's, it it's was on sale really for five dollars the other day, so maybe dude, go get the PDF. It's normally oh thirty bucks. Dude, I I made a Halloween one shot, which uh, took place in the jungles of Vietnam, and it was Call of Cthulhu. Um, but it's kind of a version of Delta Green, which is like a Vietnam version of Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. and it was so fun. 
Like it was so, so fun. Like, you know, Chopper going down in the jungle, surviving, fighting against Viet Cong and tentacled horrors and not knowing what's real. Oh, dude, Call of Cthulhu is pretty sweet. And it's so underrated. I would also recommend David um, Index Card RPG, mm. oh, it, yes. which is a person yes, yes, uh, yes. who is equally frustrated with 5e who stripped it down to its bones. Um, and uh, actually, we played that. We did a Cthulhu kind of we game did? with that. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was easy. Um, and then look at Five Torches Deep, a v- newly released that one looks 5e hack that has also stripped 5e. Mm-hmm. The tagline is 5e Bones OSR Meat. Ooh. So uh, take a gander at that one. Uh, and then the last thing I would recommend is just Dungeon World. Like, Yeah. yeah, uh, That's, that's the one that the I'm trick. drawn to the most right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I also might run uh, some DCC. What the flip? I'm oh. shook. I'm I, absolutely I might. shook. Dude, I'm going to run that for my friends too. Oh. That, because that is, it, I can't wait. I remember so playing funny. it and it's just... I'm living in the best possible fun. reality right now. <laughs> where David and I have traded places. Jake and I have traded places. We've all just... We've just done a little tango with each other. Yeah. Up is down and down is <laughs> it up. It takes Oopsie three dough. to tango is what they say. Oh, also Mothership. I need to play. Oh, I need to play Mothership too. I, I, I recently kickstarted a uh, mega dungeon module. That's a giant abandoned ship. Oh, like derelict spaceship. Oh. Of course it is. I, I just uh, one, okay. One game that I want to play is I want to play a game that that feels like that first game that we ever played. Oh, oh, I know exactly. The I one. don't think we can yeah. recreate that. That was one I of the most perfect RPG experiences moment. in my life. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, I. I, I'm just trying like to recapture that feeling. There were like compartments my in my goal. brain that I had never entered before. And like as I like was like, you know, in Luigi's mansion of my brain, like entering these new compartments, I was like, whoa, that's possible. That's what music can do in an RPG. That's what this a reveal can do in an RPG. Like my mind exploded with like what an RPG could be. And Dang. yeah, just so cool. Hearing you say that, like yeah, the fact that I got to be a part of that and like be that we for were you all, guys, we were all there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I mean, obviously, like any great game also needs great players. Mm-hmm. So I take some of the credit, but like you're right, that was just a tremendous. And we have it all on audio. Like, why don't we just like post that as a oh my special? God, oh, please send that to me. I'll see if I can we were, salvage it. I gotta track it down. It's gonna be in an email from like three email Dude, addresses it's, ago. It's, it's on there. We'll, we'll <laughs> hack into the mainframe. Um, okay, so for me, my resolution um, is so I've done a one through twenty game, um, and it has been a very good standard five e twenty nineteen Dungeons and Dragons. Um, mm-hmm. So like everything went, you know, yeah, it just it hit all the buttons. It was so delightful, um, but it felt very much like a fantasy standard issue. Like I don't know, it, it, I don't know. It felt very much like a 5e... I'm saying the same thing over and over, and I don't <laughs> say it right. Like, Filler it just words felt over here. very standard. It just felt very... Like, I nailed it, but, like, it wasn't anything crazy or out of the ordinary. I wasn't pushing boundaries. I was just... So you're saying you didn't innovate enough in 2019. Yeah, I, I, like, I nailed what 5e is, mm-hmm. um, and I think I, I skillfully dungeon mastered players from 1 to 20... Um, and really utilized the 5e products very well. Um, I think Dragon Heist, um, it is not easy to lead Dragon Heist into Dungeons of the Mad Mage. Um, and like, <laughs> no. really, I think that product line, I got everything I could out of it. But I'm very excited in 2020, um, I am making an entirely new world. An entirely, like, something that, you know, my players will probably play in for years. Um, and so I'm really in, like, the homebrewing uh world building stage for the first time in because remember i haven't been like you guys like starting new campaigns and theorizing new worlds i've been building on this world for so long that like it feels like i got a new like car chassis and i'm like trying to pick out you know what engine i want what color paint i want what you know what kind of of uh campaign i'm gonna build and what kind of world i'm gonna build and it's just it's really exciting um because the world I have is like, you know, I wish I could show you the map. I might upload it. It's like, it's, you know, it was obviously made a long time ago. It was obviously made stealing stuff from 
Oblivion and RuneScape and World of Warcraft <laughs> and everything is stolen and cobbled together from the Forgotten Realms and, you know, Skyrim. And so it's like, it's good. Like it, it gets the job done, but it really isn't mine. Um, and I would mm. definitely use it again to like teach people how to play D&D. Um, and it's become something incredible with all the fingerprints that all my players have laid over the map over all these years. But I feel like the story is finished. Um, and they've gone from like the medieval era to the Renaissance era to really the like steampunk industrial era. And they've shaped the course of history and met the gods. And it, I really feel like like it's the part in the fantasy story where the storybook closes. Oh my and, like, gosh. You know, like that oh. is the 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 you know, the tales of Arcadia, which isn't even an original name. It just means garden in Greek. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> like all of this stuff um, is, yeah. Like, I feel like it's, it's a beautiful part of, of who I am as a dungeon master in this world. We created in the stories that I think we'll tell for the rest of our lives. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed it, but I'm really excited to like, you know, I've opened up a new uh, book and the parchment is blank. And I'm excited to, you know, put the first little bits of ink on it and, like, start a new story, start a new world, um, and start a new adventure. And so I'm really excited to, like, do something that I surprisingly haven't done in so long, which is building a world and starting afresh. I just, I can't believe the words coming out of all of our mouths in this episode right now. So, Jake, you're saying you're going to sunset your your world, your long-term... Yeah, that for like three and a half, four year world. Yeah. Wow. So my comment that I, I just thought of when you were talking was the person you were when that world started to be created is not the person you are now. Because like no. I mean, you, you mentioned World of Warcraft as an influence. Like, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I have so little interest in Warcraft just as a franchise anymore. Like when yeah. I it was my favorite, favorite thing in like 2006, whatever. But now yeah. I'm like the high fantasy flavor is just like not my jam at all. Um, where that's so interesting to think about, like these influences that you wouldn't put in your game now. Yeah, it's the it's the whole ship of Theseus problem, um, <laughs> where like, am I the same person? And you know, there's obviously the same kind of story thread continuing with with how I dungeon master, um, and the types of stories I tell. But yeah, I'm very excited to see what you know, 2020 Jake cooks up because. It's very easy to look back at what 2015 Jake and, you know, pat him on the head, be like, you did good, kid. Hmm. But now it's it's time for a new a new story, you know. New Jake. I've grown up a bit and I'm excited to, like, make something that's actually that I make. Yeah, because like I said, everything was so cobbled together into the quintessential fantasy 5e world. And I hmm. think I nailed it. But, like, I nailed it because of... Um, the thing that all good dungeon masters do, and that's steal from all the good stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but now I really want to make something of my own, and I'm very excited. It's cool, too, because you couldn't have gotten here if you hadn't gone there. No. Like you've, you've be, you, you said like you're patting old Jake on the head, but like, you had to go through these experiences to, to realize now like how to build even bigger and better and cleaner and like without this clunky... like cut and paste thing that was, was happening yeah i, I really uh, like a really wonderful metaphor metaphor for this is um it's called i think like the first ship problem where if you shoot a ship going to like a distant habitable planet you know that ship is is never going to get there in time like there's going to be generations on the ship but everything you learn from that maiden voyage allows you to make a better ship a faster ship and then you send that ship off and then you know it might not make it. It might blah, blah, But whatever you learn from that, you can make a faster ship and a better ship. And the bottom line is that first ship will arrive at a fully functioning colony that's been there for a millennia. But you had to send the first ship in order for that to happen. Mm. Um, and so really, I, I'm looking back. It's like I had to be like, oh, we're playing D&D &D now. I have to just, you know, OK, I guess I'll call it Arcadia. I had to do that. Even though it's a cheesy, overused, overwrought, you know, fantasy trope of a name of a universe. Mm -hmm. um, but I had to do that in order for it to spur all of this creation that leads to whatever my next world is. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's that first ship that had to be launched. 
the most important thing you can do if you want to get better at D&D is you have to play it. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to. Yes. Like you can yes. listen to every podcast and watch every YouTube video and you will not become better until you just do it and you do it a lot and yes. you screw it up a lot and you get it right sometimes. Like and and I it sounds obvious when I say it like this, but I've spent a lot of time reading PDFs and like how-to guides and stuff, but the the best thing I've done is just playing it. Yeah. I mean, yes, in the first ship. Mm-hmm. Like this is a, this this might not be a very good metaphor, but it, there's a reason that you have to take a practical test when getting a driver's license mm-hmm. because they want to know that and you not can just actually a test. and not just a written test because it's not just about yeah. how much you know; it's about experiencing it in the in the field, so to say. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're not playing, you're not going to be able to learn as much. So all of it is just you have to be you have to have that practical experience, and it's so much more valuable than anything that you can really read in a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reading it so is go just forth. a part of it. Go forth, go forth, and, and build worlds. Create named Arcadia adventures and tell stories in Waterdeep. All right, yeah, yeah. Dang. Steal from everywhere if it's <laughs> even from it only, from get, it only gets better. Even from RuneScape. That's really true. <laughs> even from, that's um, true. Welcome to the review corner. This week's review is from J E R L Dollar Sign. He says. So much great information and opinion. Second only to Matt Colville in those regards. These guys are fun and con. I know. I couldn't believe it either. It's impressive. These guys are fun and conversational without going off the rails. Disagree. (laughs) I recently DM'd for the first time in 28 years, and I have these guys to at least partially thank for helping me and get prepared and enthusiastic to run a game. Thank you, William, Jake, and David. Keep up the good work. That Go is... forth, Gerald Dollar Sign. <laughs> <laughs> that yes, second time, that Matt so, Colville. Wow, that makes me so happy, and that Ooh. makes me so excited to to pump to out part. some more episodes because that. Yeah. Oh, hmm. that's awesome. That yeah. thank you so much. That review. That's that's really that makes you feel good. That means a lot to me specifically because uh, Matt Colville is one of my role models, probably like many other people. Mm. Um, yeah. But even to be com- like compared to him in the same sentence is uh, uh, astounding. Astounding. So yeah, Feels good. Thank you, Gerald Dollar Sign. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you want to get your review read on the show, leave us a five star iTunes review. Thank you for listening to Vox Arcana episode fifty seven. I'm William. I'm Jake. And I'm David. We'll see you next time.